The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. A full week of shows starts today right here on All Andy Alfred. It is a week of celebrations with Canada Day on Thursday and our famous 4th of July spectacular show on Friday, which then leads us into the Marathon Classic. And we have you covered right here on the Anchor Network with All Andy Alfred. So why not subscribe? Because... Happy birthday, America! And I love you guys! And we are back, baby! Yes, we are! After a long vacation, yours truly is back in the saddle again. As the Tigers have split a series with the Houston Astros and now take on the Cleveland Indians who lose in the Twin Cities this past week. The Reds take a big split against Ronald Acuna and the Atlanta Braves, while the Mudhens continue their two-week homestand with big wins against the Memphis Redbirds. The table is now set. The Stanley Cup Final will be going between Canada and the United States. We'll figure it out, and you'll hear my prediction tonight. Columbus has a new head coach for the Blue Jackets. You'll hear my opinion about Brad Larson, as well as, how about the Fort Wayne Comets playing for the Kelly Cup Final against the South Carolina Stingrays. We'll talk about that tonight. But the tees are getting set. The grandstands are getting put up. We are less than a week away now from the Marathon Classic starting. And you can get all your coverage right here on All Andy Elford. But why not Why wait till next week when tonight's episode of All Andy Elford starts right now! Guess who's back? All Andy Elford. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span of the Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. That is the Anchor Network, and you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes with Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening to the show. Wherever you're listening to the show, and however you're listening to the show, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for giving me the time, the effort, the time, and your effort to you know listen to what's happening in the sports world 
and what's happening in my life. And you can always be part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. And if you haven't yet done so, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. A huge week of shows starting tonight right here on All Andy Alford as we have a lot to get into, of course. We are back, of course, after two weeks off. We've been off for about a couple weeks now, and I do apologize. We've had a show lined up for that Friday. We had some equipment problems, and then we decided, you know what? We've got a big, busy schedule going forward starting tonight. It's a huge week of shows. Three shows this week. Yes, I said that right. Three shows this week. And then next week, we've got full in-depth coverage of the Marathon Classic presented by Dana at Highland Meadows Golf Course in Sylvania, Ohio. Um, I am really looking forward to this year's tournament. This is a this is one of the big draws. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, get your tickets. The only way... Uh, I'll let you know this now because we've been doing research and I've had a lot of people send me uh, private messages on Twitter. Uh, Andy, you know, we usually get our tickets at Kroger. Uh, Why aren't they selling the tickets at Kroger? Because of the pandemic. They didn't figure that the the crowd size would not be available for the pandemic this year. So they've decided not to sell tickets through the Kro- through the Kroger local Kroger store, so you have to purchase your tickets via the marathonclassic.org. Excuse me, marathonclassic.com. My apologies, and they will have tickets for you there. And you can also buy the buy one get one weekly grounds tickets. Now I will say this: by this upcoming Friday, if you have not purchased your buy one get one grounds tickets, you will be losing out on that two for one deal. Um, so get your tickets now, marathonclassic.com. You get to also pick a charity. If you're picking a charity, I have a recommendation for you. Um, it is my alma mater, which is the Toledo School for the Arts. They are one of the uh, one of the charities that can profit from it. If you're looking to pick a donation for any of the any of the uh, donations, because all the money that you purchase from your ticket will go to the the, don- the donation for the for the the organization that you pick. So, like I said, get your tickets, marathonclassic.com. That's one of our, you know, I'll say it's one of my, one of my private, you know, it's one of my favorite events in the Northwest Ohio sports scene. It's one of those that you have to be there, especially because this year with the Solheim Cup happening at Inverness, you're not going to see all of the players that you're, you would see at the Marathon Classic. And you have to see a lot of great players on the golf course. And we'll talk a little bit about that tonight right here on All Andy Elford, as well as talking about the Stanley Cup Final, a big Stanley Cup Final starting off tonight. It will be Game 1 between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. We'll talk about that tonight, as well as the Blue Jackets hiring Brad Larson's. You'll hear my opinion and thoughts on that as well as what's happening in Hensville as well. Um, like I said, we have a huge week of shows. I don't know if you heard the uh, promo beforehand. I don't know if they got that on there in time, but we have a huge week of shows. We, Like I mentioned before, we have our show tonight. 
We will have a show Thursday. It's a special edition of All Andy Alford. It is our Canada Day special, of course. And we will talk, we'll, we'll break down a little bit about why that day means a lot to me. We'll talk about that as well as Friday, which is the famous Happy Birthday America. Yes, the 4th of July spectacular show. We will talk about what to look forward to this upcoming weekend. Thursday show, the Canada Day show, is basically going to be a recap of the week that was. Friday show is the preview for the weekend that is the 4th of July holiday weekend in sports. So lots to get into. And remember, like I said, the Marathon Classic coverage will start next week. We will have shows Tuesday. We will have round-by-round coverage Every night of the tournament from Tuesday night is the opening night. We'll break down the pairings and everything like that. Thursday, round one. Friday, we will be at the golf course. Yes, we will be at the ninth hole. We will be doing the podcast from the ninth hole as we will be recapping the cut day, which is one of my favorite days and my fiance's favorite day because they are playing for their tournament life. We will be there Saturday for round three coverage. And, of course, we will be there for the conclusion on Sunday, which is the championship Sunday for the Marathon Classic. And that will lead us into, you know, of course, then the Solheim Cup come September. So a lot to get into, lots to get into. So I am truly looking forward to being on the air with you guys and being on talking about sports. And speaking of that, let's head up to the Motor City where the Cheaters, I mean the Astros, we're in town for a big four-game series with the Motor City Kitties. As the Detroit Tigers welcomed in the Houston Trastros, I mean the Houston Astros, for a big four-game series this past week. And it all started up on Thursday night as the Astros got the better of the Detroit Tigers by a score of 12-3. to It was Garcia getting the win for the Astros. He goes now to 6-4 with a 2.83 ERA. Herrera, the loss, he goes to 2-8 with a 6 ERA. Alvarez homering his 12th of the season. For the Tigers in the game, Herrera going 3 and 2 thirds innings pitch. 8 hits, 6 runs, those 6 runs, 4 of which were earned. 2 walks, 1 strikeout. Like I said, his ERA, a 6 in the game. Buck Farmer starting going a little bit. One innings pitch, giving up one hit, no runs, none earned, one walk, one strikeouts. For the Astros in the game, it was Garcia with the win. He goes to 6-4 and four with a 2.83 ERA. He went six innings pitch, seven hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, and five strikeouts in the game. Like I said, Alvarez homering his 12th of the season off of Garcia on a 3-1 count pitch in that one as the Motor City Kitties fall to the Houston Trash Throws by a score of 12-3. to We get to Friday, and Friday's game was postponed. They moved it to Saturday for a doubleheader, and Game 1 saw the Tigers getting a big 3-1 win in seven innings as Casey Mize went to the hill and had a gem of a ball game. So it went pretty good in his outing to on Saturday afternoon. Went six innings pitched, six hits, one run, that run was earned, two walks, five strikeouts as he gets the win as the Tigers beat the Astros in game one of the double dip, three to one. With Zach Short, the former Toledo Mudhen, who got the call up, hitting his first major league home run this season as he gets his first of the season, propelling the Tigers to the win. 
It was Valdez, the loss. He goes to 4-1 and one with a 2.11 ERA. Cicino, the save, his third of the season. So the Tigers getting a big 3-1 win. Could they salvage the doubleheader? Unfortunately, in Game 2, the Astros got the better of the Tigers as the Tigers fall to the Astros 3-2. Uh, McCullers Jr., the uh, win, he goes to 5-1 and one with a 2.94 ERA. Alvarez having a huge bomb. Out into left feet, out into left field, off of Michael Fulmer, giving the Astros a huge win, huge boost in the sixth inning. A three-run, a three-run inning for them in that frame. It was Alvarez and Carrera homering for the Astros. Carrera his 15th, Alvarez his 13th of the season. As Michael Fulmer gets the loss, he goes to four and four with a 4.05 ERA. McCullers Jr., the win, he goes to 5-1 with a 2.94 ERA. Presley, the save for the Astros, his 12th of the season. For the Tigers, it was Peralta starting. He went two and two-thirds innings pitch, no hits, no runs, none earned, two walks, no strikeouts, no home runs, his ERA a 5. Uh, Fulmer, like I said, the loss, he goes to 4-4. Four and four. He went an innings pitch, three hits, three runs, all three of which were earned, no walks, no strikeouts. He had, gave up two dingers in the game, his ERA a 4.5. Zero five for the Astros in the game. It was McCullers Jr. Five and a third innings pitch, five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, two walks, seven strikeouts for the Astros in that one. So the series was tied at. Well, the Astros were up in the series two games to one in this four-game set. The Tigers today, last night, excuse me, yesterday afternoon, getting a huge win in extra frames in the bottom of the tenth inning. As it was Robbie Grossman laying down the sacrifice bunt. Akeem Badu coming in, running in, and it was all Tigers. The Tigers win in walk-off fashion with one out in the bottom of the 10th inning. And Robbie Grossman gets the game-winning RBI sacrifice bunt win. As the Tigers win 2-1 on Sunday afternoon. As Soto gets the win, he goes to 4-1 with a 2.25 ERA. Taylor, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with a 3.07 ERA. No home runs hit for either team in the game. In this one, for the Tigers, it was Scoble on the hill. Seven innings pitch, one hit, one run. That run was earned. Three walks, nine strikeouts in his outing. He is now 4.06 ERA. For the Astros in the game, it was Ordozzi starting. He went five innings pitch, two hits, none no runs, none earned, one walk, three strikeouts in the game. His ERA, a 4.08 ERA. Like I said, Taylor, the loss, he went an inning, only a third of an inning pitch, giving up that one run, the sacrifice bunt. So the Tigers getting a 2-1 win in extra frames on Sunday afternoon. And speaking of Sunday afternoon, the Indians were up in the Twin Cities this past weekend as they took on the Twins in a four-game set, seeing them only play three of those four sets, and the Tribe is in a funk, ladies and gentlemen. They are struggling as of late, but they did get the big win on Thursday as they win 4-1 to one over the Minnesota Twins. Parker, the win, he goes to 1-0 and with a 2.45 ERA. Akula, the loss, he goes to 1-2 and two with a 4.40 ERA. No home runs hit in the game for either team. Uh, Kroncheck, the save, his ninth of the season as the Indians beat up on the Minnesota Twins 4-1 to in that game. Yeah, for the looking at it, it was Mejia starting for the Tribe. He went six innings pitch, four hits, 
one run. That run was earned two walks, six strikeouts in his outing against the Twins. For the Twins, it was Burroughs starting. He went six in the third, four hits, one run. That run was earned two walks, nine strikeouts in his outing on Thursday evening. And then you get to Friday night's game, and the Tribe fall to the Minnesota Twins by a score of 8-7, to seven, and it was a home run paradise for the Tribe. Let's go over them really quickly. Uh, uh, Amir Rosario, his fifth of the season. Bradley, his sixth. Uh, uh, Evan Rosario, Evan Rosario, sixth home run of the season. And Josh Naylor, his seventh for the Tribe. That's four home runs in the game. And you figure that the Indians would win this game. Indians put three in the first, two in the fourth, one in the fifth, and one in the ninth to make it capable. But the Twins put four in the third, two in the sixth, one in the fifth and one in the first inning as they propel to an 8-7 win over the Cleveland Indians. It was Jack Salin. He goes to 1-0 with a 7.82 ERA. Wingard in the loss, he goes to 2-2. Two two. With a 4.68 ERA, Rolby's to save his seventh of the season. All the home runs for the Tribe, I mentioned, but, but Kurloff, home ring for the Twins, his sixth of the season. In the game, it was Quintel starting for the Tribe. He went four and a third inning pitch. Six hits, six runs, all of which were earned. One walk, two strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Kurt, uh, Kurt for the Minnesota Twins. For the Twins of the game, it was Kumbe starting. He went one and two-thirds innings pitch, only giving up giving up two hits, three runs, one of which was earned, no walks, two strikeouts, and two home runs in the game. Like I said, Jank's, Jack's the win. He, goes, he went four and a-thirds innings pitch, three hits, three runs. All three were earned, two walks, two strikeouts, and one home run. His ERA, a 7.82 ERA, as the Twins getting a 8-7 win over the Indians. And on Saturday, the game was postponed. They will make that game up on September 14th when the Twins come back, when the Tribe comes back to Minnesota. But on Sunday afternoon, it was the Twins getting the better of the Tribe by a score of 8-2 at Target Field in Minneapolis, Minnesota as it was Hedges getting the start for the Tribe, and he got rocked in the game. It was Simmons, Donaldson, and Cruz all homering in the game. Uh, Simmons his third, Donaldson his 11th, and Cruz his 17th. Hedges gets the loss. He goes to 1-2 with a 7.32 ERA as the Twins beat up on the Indians by a score of 8-2. It was uh, half the win. He goes to 4-3 with a 5.83 ERA. Rivera homering for the Indians, his second of the season. Looking at the box score in this one, Hedges went three and a third inning pitch, six hits, six runs. Those six runs were earned, four walks, one strikeout. He gave up two home runs. His ERA, a 7.32 in the game. Hap, six innings pitch, six hits, two runs, two of which were earned, no walks, seven strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Rivera in the game. No saves. We're in that. So with all that being said, the Indians and the Tigers will battle each other out for a pivotal three-game series, which will start tonight, Monday, at 7-10, as it will be Manning on the hill at Progressive Field at the corner of Ontario and Carnegie. Manning on the hill, 1-1 one one with a 3.38 ERA. He'll take on Morgan for the Tribe, who is 0-2 with a 10.32 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one on Bally Sports Great Lakes or Bally Sports Detroit. Tuesday's game sees Herrera on the hill for the Tigers. He's 2-8 with a 6 ERA. He will take on Mejeda, who is 1-2 with a 4.94 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one. Bally Sports Great Lakes or Bally Sports Detroit. 
Wednesday's game sees Peralta on the hill for the Tigers. He's 0-1 with a 5 ERA. He'll take on Quintel, who is 0-2 with a 3.64 ERA, 7-10 start time for that one. Then the Tribe will welcome in the Trastros for a four-game set during the holiday weekend. The Thursday game, by the way, for them, both teams have not yet named the starter. For the Tigers, the Tigers will welcome in the the Chicago White Sox in a big four game in a big three game series starting on Friday night on July 2nd. We'll preview those games for you on Thursday's edition of All NBL on we'll recap Thursday the Tiger Indian series on Thursday and preview the series for both the Tigers and the Indians going forward after their series against each other this upcoming week as you're listening to all andy Elford tonight right here on the anchor network whether it be on itunes spotify google Podcasts, pocket cast bleaker stitcher however you're listening wherever and whenever you're listening thank you so much for tuning into the podcast and now let's head down to the queen city let's talk a little red leg baseball as well as the red legs welcomed in the atlanta braves a big series for the braves and the reds coming off of their series against the Twins in a quick two-game series, seeing them split in the Twin Cities. They also went out to San Diego and got swept by the Padres, but they did sweep the Milwaukee Brewers in the series beforehand. So they were coming off of a somewhat of a winning road trip as they went four, uh, four and five on the road trip. So we could we could say it was a winning road trip, but do we really think it was a winning road trip when we were swept by San Diego? You know, say say la say la. All right, so let's get into the Reds for you tonight. The Reds were in home at Great American Ballpark. They welcomed in the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta for four, a big home stand for them. Three against the Padres, three against the Braves, three against the Cubs, and a game tonight against the Philadelphia Phillies. And we'll get to that preview here in just a second. It was on Thursday night, the Braves falling to the Reds by a score of 5-3. to three. Uh, Saltala, the win, he goes to 1-1 with a 3.29 ERA. It was Chavez, the loss, he goes to 0-1 with a 7.71 ERA. Uh, Freddie Freeman homering for the, for the Braves, his 17th of the season. Albies his 12th. Nick Castellanos going yard at Great American Ballpark, his 14th of the season as Brock got the save. His first save of the season for the Reds in the game. It was Saltera getting six innings pitch, three hits, one run. That run was earned, three walks, eight strikeouts. He gave up one home run. That home run he gave up was to Freddie Freeman in the game. For the Braves in the game, it was Chavez starting. He went two and a third innings pitch, two hits, two runs, two runs. Those two runs were earned, one walk, three strikeouts in the game. His ERA a seven point. Seven once the Reds getting the jump on the Braves in game one of the series. In game two, of the series saw the Braves getting the better of the Reds at Great America Ballpark by a score of three to two. It was Drew Smiley, the former Detroit Tiger pitcher, now with the Atlanta Braves getting the huge win. He goes to five and three with a 4.79 ERA. Gutierrez, the loss, he goes to three and two with a 3.97 ERA. Smith, the save, his 16th of the season. Home runs of the game, it was Swanson for the Braves, his 13th of the season, and Herdina, his fourth with the Braves. It was Eugenio Suarez going yard, his 16th of the season on Friday night, 
as the Reds fall to the Braves by a score of 3-2 to two for the Reds in the game. It was uh, Gutierrez going six innings pitch, six hits, three runs, three of which were earned, two walks, four strikeouts. He gave up the two home runs in the game to Swanson and Herdina. For the Braves in the game, it was Smiley, six innings pitch, six hits, one run. That run was earned, no walks, three strikeouts in the game as Smith got the save, his 16th of the season. So the Braves getting game two of the series by a score of 3-2 to two in the Queen City. But the Reds do bounce back on Saturday. They get a big 4-1 win at Great America Ballpark as it was Louie on the hill. Great outing by Louie in this game. He gets the win. He goes to 3-10 and 10 with a 5.14 ERA. Anderson the loss. He goes to 5-4 and four with a 3.42 ERA. Garrett the save, his fifth, fifth of the season. Homers in the game, none hit for the Braves. It was Jesse Winkler, his 18th, and Tyler Stevenson, his 5th of the season for Louie in the game. He went 7 innings strong, 6 hits, no runs, none earned, 2 walks, 6 strikeouts. He did not give up a home run, his ERA a 5.14 in the game. Anderson, 6 innings pitch, 5 hits, 3 runs, 3 of which were earned, 1 walk, 9 strikeouts. He gave up 1 home run in the game, the home run to Jesse Winkler in that game. On Saturday as the Reds getting a 4-1 win on Saturday afternoon. So the Reds taking 2-3. Could they win the series and get into the winning page? More of the winning page. Unfortunately on Sunday afternoon the Braves got the better of the Reds by a score of 4 to nothing as they shut out the Reds. The final line for the Reds in this one on Sunday. No runs on 2 hits. No errors for the Braves. 4 runs. Seven hits, no errors in the game. As Moeller gets the win, he goes to 1-1 one one with a 2.70 ERA. Uh, Malley, the loss, he goes to 7-3 with a 3.74 ERA. Ronald Acuna Jr. homering in the game. He goes for his 21st home run of the season. Riley also homering for Atlanta, his 13th of the season. The Braves had two runs in the third, one run in the fifth, and one run in the sixth. And that was all the run support that the Braves needed in the game on Sunday afternoon for the Reds. Miley, six innings pitched, six hits, four runs, four of which were earned, one walk, seven strikeouts. He gave up both home runs to Acuna and Riley in his start. For the Braves in the game, it was Muller. He went five innings pitched, one hit, no runs, none earned, two walks, nine strikeouts in total. His ERA, a 2.70. So the Reds fall to the Braves on Sunday and split the series with the Braves Two to two. So there's that for you right there. So we have a game this afternoon. It is a 6.40 start time. Yes, I'll say afternoon because it is after 12 o'clock, of course. The Reds take on the Philadelphia Phillies. 6.40 start time. It is Lou Gehrig Day. This is the makeup game from Lou Gehrig Day that they were play, supposed to play with the Phillies. They are playing the Phillies this afternoon. 6.40 first pitch. It will be Howard on the hill. He's 0-2 with a 5.59 ERA. He'll take on Miley, who's 6-4 with a 2.85 ERA, 6.40 start time for that one. Uh, tickets are still available. You can watch the game on Valley Sports Ohio or on NBC uh, Sports Pennsylvania. And it will also be available on the MLB Network. So there's that for you right there, 6.40 start time. Then the Reds welcome in uh, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, and the San Diego Padres for a quick three-game series before they welcome in the Chicago Cubs for the 4th of July weekend. 
It will be Snell on the hill. He's 3-3 three three with a 5.29 ERA. He'll take on Salton, who's 1-1 one one with a 3.29 ERA. 7-10 start time for that one on, on Tuesday evening. It will be Musgrove on the hill on Wednesday for the Padres. He's 4-8 with a 2.22 ERA. He'll take on Gutierrez, who's 3-2 with a 3.97 ERA. Sunday, the concluding game of the series, uh, San Diego has not yet named the starter for that one, but it will be Luis Castillo on the hill for the Red Lakes. He is 3-10 with a 5.61 ERA. Game time for that one is 7-10, and that is the Reds recap for you right here. And now let's take a look at what's happening around Major League Baseball, if I do say so myself. And so we had our first ejection of the season in Major League Baseball. It has happened as it is Hector Santiago was ejected. He was a... From the Seattle Mariners, he was ejected from the game as they took on the Chicago White Sox on the south side. He was ejected for after his glove was inspected with an illegal substance because of the new rule that's in play. After certain innings, the umpires are now looking at the pitcher's hat and glove and looking at their arms to see if there's any foreign substances on the player's body or on the player's equipment and if it is it's an automatic ejection and it's a 10 game suspension now i will say this and i agree in some ports to what trevor bauer has said the mlb has decided to change the rules in the middle of the season you can't do that you can't do that and now you have umpires having to be policemen out there on the on the diamond checking foreign substances and they're checking it every every two innings and we've seen players really get pissed off over this and i'll give you the perfect example is max scherzer he was checked in the second inning they were in philadelphia to check a play against each other and max scherzer it's probably a somewhat a clean guy i will say he i don't know if he's ever been dirty with the with the indian with the tigers but you know he's you know something's something's up when he's throwing gas nine times out of ten he got expected in the second inning he was clean he got again expected in the fourth inning and then joe girardi who is the manager of the philadelphia phillies asked tim timmons and the umpiring crew to go out there and inspect max scherzer during an out during his start outing in the sixth inning and max scherzer had enough of it he basically threw his hat threw his glove on the ground and pulled down his pants to show the umpires that there is no foreign substances. And he looked right at Joe Girardi as it, as ever looked right at him. So did the Nationals management look straight at Joe Girardi. And Girardi gets all pissed about it and everything like that because he wants a clean game. Let me tell you something, Joe. You were you're never clean. You have never been clean. You were you were dirty when you were in in New York. You're dirty now in major, in Philadelphia. So shut your mouth and stay in the clubhouse. All right? Manage your team cuz your team isn't doing that well, Joe. Your team ain't doing well. You're 3 games under 500. You're getting pounced by the Mets and the Nationals. And Atlanta. 
and you're complaining about Max Scherzer? Come on, Joe. You're better than that. You are absolutely better than that. He's a damn joke. He's a bad manager. He was terrible with the Yankees. He led him to the World Series plenty of times, but he was cheating. He was cheating too. Played simple. And for him to call out Max Scherzer, and then at the end of the half inning, Scherzer goes and looks dead, beating his eye as he's walking off the off the mound and walking off the field. And Girardi has the balls to go out there. Says, "Come on, let's go. You and I, let's have a discussion." And gets wrong for it. He deserves to get wrong. Absolutely deserves to be wrung out and tossed out of the game. And then we had the same situation in 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 Texas. The Oakland pitcher gets asked in the fourth inning after he has been cleaned the last two innings. He pulls down his pants, gives the gloves, puts the gloves down, and puts the hat down. You know, Manford, the Manford rule. Manfred's really is starting to, you know, starting to piss us off as baseball fans. I do. There's people that do not like the seventh, in, the the extra inning rule, where you start the international rule, where the guy starts the second base. I like it. It it's it speeds the game up. It makes it more entertaining, especially when a game is like one nothing or one one. And you look at the box score later, it's 4-3. Like, what happened? You know, and it went to 11 or 12 innings. I like the international rule. I've always liked the international rule because I was an umpire in softball. And I saw this. And I liked it. It made the game a lot faster and a lot better. So keep it like that. I know you're gonna. People are gonna complain about it. They're gonna send me, oh, Andy. You know, you you should do this, this, and that. Listen to me. The rule is there. The rule is there, and you know I like it. You might not like it. I like it. Okay. Second thing about this foreign substance thing, I agree with Trevor Bauer. I think it was a terrible move to make this happen in the middle of the season. Now you're having umpires be police officers out there checking for foreign substances every inning or every two innings. And there's a good possibility that the umpires aren't going to really fully check it all that much. And so I say to this, you know, let it go for this season. Let it go for this season Institute it starting on January 1. You go through the players' meetings, the PA agrees to it, and we get back to a clean slate. Instead of now in the end, in the middle of the season, you're changing the rules, and you can't do that. can't do that. You, I have a baseball in my hand right now. If you have the ball... Natural sweat will be on the ball, of course, and there's rosin behind the bat, behind the backs, behind the pitcher's mount. You know, a little sweat and a little rosin, it's going to put some friction on the ball. You're you're going to take the rosin off the mound? I can't, I can't see that. Okay, that's one. There's 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 the natural aspect, which is human sweat. Then the second part is the natural reaction, natural reaction with rosin. Okay, that's two. You can't, you can't cancel that. You really can't cancel it. It's when you get pine tar and stick them and cheetah, whatever it is, you get all that. 
that's when you have problems. Okay, that's when you have problems. Okay? And that's where, in the game, it should not be. It absolutely should not be. Absolutely should not be. Plain and simple. So, yeah, we had our first incident. Santiago ejected. They're gonna league, league office is going to look for it, of course. Uh... The, the Padres this week on their homestand went 9-1 in their homestand with the four-game sweep with the Reds, of course. Uh, Kershaw was carving up the Cubs with 13 strikeouts in the game. Of course, the Yankees falling to the Red Sox, getting swept at Fenway Park. Uh, the finalists have been announced for the 2021 MLB All-Star Ballot, of course. Uh, the top vote-getters were... Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Ronald Acuna, Salvador Perez, Mike Trout, and Fernando Tatis. Uh, here is the designated hitters nominee. Uh, designated hitters is Shohei Otani, J.D. Martinez, and Yonder Alaves from the Houston Astros. That is the designated hitter. The catcher is Salvador Perez, Marlon Maldonado, and Yasmani Grandal. On the National League side, it will be Buster Posey at catching. It will be Yadier Molina and then Wilson Contreras catching. Uh, on the first baseman side, it's Vlad Guerrero was first. Uh, Yuri Granali from the Houston Astros and Jose Abreu was third. In the National League, it was Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, and then Anthony Rizzo at first base. Second base is... Uh, Marcus Semien, Jose Altuve, and DJ LeMahieu. On the National League side, it was Ozzie Albies, Adam Frazier, and Gavin Lux. At shortstop, it was Alexander Bogarts, Bo Burchette, and Carlos Carrera for the American League. In the National League, Tatis Jr., Javier Baez, and Brandon Crawford. At third base for the American League, it was Rafael Devers, Alex Bregman, and Johan Mancata. On the National League side, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, and Justin Turner. Outfielders for the American League are Trout, Judge, Brian, Byron Buxton, Michael Brantley, Adias Garcia, uh, Toscar Hernandez, uh, Cedric Mullins, Alex Vargo, and Rondo Gronkick. And then for the National League, Ronald Cunha Jr., Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor, uh, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Jock Peterson, and Mike Uskremski. Round out the order for the finalists to start in the 2021 All-Star Game. So with all that in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into today's play. It is in the American League Central. The White Sox holding the top spot at 45-32. and 32. The Indians are in second place at 41-33, and 33, two and a half games out of first place. The Tigers are in third at 34-44, and 44, 11 and a half games out of first place. Kansas City 33 and 43, 11 and a half games out of first place, and Minnesota 33 and 43 as well, 11 and a half games out of first place. In the American League East right now, it is the Boston Red Sox with their four games, three games sweep over the New York Yankees are now in the top spot at 47 and 31. Tampa 47 and 32, a half game out of first place. It is also Toronto and third spot at 40 and 36, six games out of first place. The Yankees are 40 and 37. 
six and a half games out of first place. And the Baltimore Orioles are 24 and 54, 23 games out of first place. In the West, it is the Houston Astros holding the top spot at 48 and 30. It's the Oakland Athletics at 47 and 33, two games out of first place. Seattle in the third spot at 41 and 38, seven and a half games out of first place. The Angels of Anaheim are 37 and 40, 10 and a half games out of first place. And the Texas Rangers are 30 and 48, 18 games out of first place. In the national in the senior circuit in the National League Central, it is the Brew Crew holding the top spot at 45 and 33. The Cubs are 42 and 36, three games out of first place. The Reds are an even 500 at 38 and 38. St. Louis is 37 and 41, eight games out of first place. And the Pod the Pirates are 29 and 47, 15 games out of first place. In the National League East it is the Philadelphia Phillies. Excuse me, this is the New York Nets, Mets, 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 in the top spot at 40 and 33. It is the Washington Nationals at 37 and 38, four games out of first place. Atlanta, 37 and 40, five games out of first place. Philly is 36 and 39, five games out of first place. And the Marlins are 33 and 44, nine games out of first place. And in the West, it is the Giants at the top spot at 50 and 27. The Dodgers are 47 and 31, three and a half games out of first place. The Padres 47 and 33, four and a half games out of first place. Colorado 31 and 47, 19 and a half games out of first place. And Arizona rounding it all out at 22 and 57, 29 games out of first place. And that is your standings looking forward right here and all your news and notes around the Major League Baseball schedule as well. Looking at the games other than the Reds tonight playing the Phillies and the Tigers playing the Indians, here's what the rest of the schedule looks like. It's the Rockies hosting the Pirates. The Mets are in Washington to battle the Nationals. The Angels are in New York to battle the Yankees. It's Kansas City in Boston to battle the Red Sox. Astros hosting the Orioles. The Twins are in the South Side to battle the White Sox. The Cubs are in Milwaukee to battle the Brewers. It is the Diamondbacks in St. Louis to battle the Cardinals. And a rivalry again as the Giants battle the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. By the way, it's Di Scrafani versus Trevor Bauer. So that is a great pitching matchup. 10-10 for that one this evening. As you are listening to All Andy L for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk a little Mud Hen Baseball. Yes, it's time to head to the Mudville and see how the hens are doing on this big two-week homestand. As we now head down to fifth, third field, yes, the Mud Hens are back after the long road trip that saw them play in Columbus for six games straight. They now return back to fifth, third field for 12, game, for 12 games in 13 days, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, with starting off with six against the new team that the Mud Hens have not yet faced at fifth, third field, and yes, I am talking about the Memphis Redbirds, the AAA farm team of the St. Louis Cardinals, who, by the way, were playing the Tigers on on Monday and Tuesday of the of this of this past week. So, kind of like a little bit of an interconference kind of a thing, interdivisional matchup between the either teams. But it started off Tuesday night as the Mudhens getting a big eight to four win over the Memphis Redbirds. It was Hutchinson the win. He goes to four and two with a four point. 4-0 ERA. Parsons the loss. He goes to 1-4 and four with a 6.15 ERA. Uh, Yipes the homering for the 
for the Memphis Redbirds. His second, Thomas homering his first of the season. Grayson Griner homering for the Mud Hens, his first. Zach Short before the call up up to Detroit hit his fifth home run of the season. And Jacob Robson getting his third of the season as the Mud Hens get a big series opening win by a score of eight to four. They do win on they do, however, fall on Wednesday as Memphis beat up on the Red on the Mud Hens by a score of four to nothing. Thomas the win, he goes to two and with a three point seven zero ERA. Pagio the loss, he goes to zero and two with a five point eight four ERA. Both teams did not homer in the game Thursday night. Saw the Mud Hens getting back onto the winning page as they win seven to two over the Memphis Redbirds. As Martinez gets the win, he goes to one and zero with a six point four three ERA. Uh, Livertong the loss, he goes to two and four with a four point six two ERA. Williams homering for the Redbirds, his second of the excuse me, his seventh of the season. Zach Short homering his sixth of the season. Uh, uh, Ronnie Rodriguez getting his fourth ninth home run of the excuse me, his fourth home run of the season. Uh, Gonzalez his ninth, and as well as Grimno his fourth home run of the season. As the Mudhens getting a big seven to two win over the Memphis Redbirds on Friday. The Hens continue their winning ways as they beat the Redbirds in seven innings by the score of 5-3. to three. Punto, the win, he goes to 2-1 and one with a 3.86 ERA. Thompson, the loss, he goes to 0-6 with an 8.91 ERA. Kroll, the save, his third of the season. Nunez homering for the Mud Hens, his 10th and 11th of the season. Memphis did not hit a home run in the game at 5th third field. The Mud Hens did fall, however, on Saturday evening as the Redbirds put up seven runs in the game as they beat the Mud Hens by a score of 7-4. to four. Warner, the win, he goes to 3-1 and one with a 4.73 ERA. Punto, the loss in this one, he goes to now Binto, the loss, he goes to 2-2 two and two with a 4.50 ERA. Jones, the save, his first of the season, and Rob Robertson, his fifth as Asino, his third for the Redbirds. It was Rodriguez homering in the game, his 10th of the season. And then yesterday afternoon, the Mudhens getting back on the winning page, and they win the series over the Memphis Redbirds by a score of 9-3. to Hutchinson gets the win. He goes to 5-2 and two now with a 4.32 ERA. Rondon, the loss, he goes to 0-4 with a 6.15 ERA. Uh, uh, Rodriguez homering his 11th. Cody Clements, his third. And Christian Stewart, his fifth of the season. No home runs hit in the game for the Memphis Redbirds. The Mud Hens take four, take five of six over the Memphis Redbirds. A big series win for the Mud Hens as now they welcome in the Columbus Clippers in a big six-game homestand that sees them in town for the Fourth of July weekend. Yes, the Mud Hens are back home at Fifth Third Field. Get your tickets by calling four one nine seven two five Hens or MudHens.com. The Mud Hens taking on the the uh, the excuse me taking on the Columbus Clippers in six games Tuesday night is Hens and Hounds night. I'll be at the ballpark with my with my cousin Pup Snacks. The Snacks Attack. Follow him on Instagram by the way. Snacks Attack. Um, he's a corky puppy. He's his first ever ball game. He'll be going with my sister. And my brother-in-law, Roberto, we're all going to sit out in the outfield and try to get Snacks his first ever baseball. So looking forward to that. On Tuesday, of course, on third, on uh, Friday, we're going to have another promotional event. Uh, I forget off the top of my head, but on uh, the 4th of July, they are having Muddy Bobblehead Night. It is Muddy's birthday, 
as we will be celebrating Muddy's birthday, and they'll be giving away bobbleheads to the first 2,500 fans to the door. And they were giving out Max Scherzer bobbleheads on Friday, and these people were out there in line in the rain on Friday night for that bobblehead. And I was very, 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 very good to see the ballpark back full open and open to capacity, to say the least. So I'm very happy to see that, of course. With that all in mind, the Mud Hens winning 5-6 of six over the Memphis Redbirds. Let's take a look at the standings as it is the Omaha Storm Chasers holding the top spot at 32-15. and 15. Indianapolis in second spot at 25-22, seven games out of first place. It is the Mud Hens at 25-22, seven games out of first place. It is the Columbus Clippers who are coming into town at 23-24, nine games out of first place. St. Paul is 21 and 26, 11 games out of first place. The Louisville Bats are 18 and 29, 14 games out of first place. And the Iowa Cubs are 17 and 28, 14 games out of first place. In the Northeast Conference, it is the Scranton Wilkesbury Royal Riders at 32 and 13, holding the top spot in the division. The Worcester Red Sox are 29 and 19, four and a half games out of first place. It is the Buffalo Bison at 27 and 19, five and a half games out of first place. The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are 21 and 27. 12 and a half games out of first place. Place the Rochester Red Wings are 20 and 28, 13 and a half games out of first place, and the Syracuse Mets are 12 and 35, 21 games out of first place. And in the Southeast Division, I think it's probably one of the best divisions out there. Uh, it is the Durham Bulls holding the top spot at 31 and 16. The Nashville Sound are 30 and 16. They're a half a game out of first place. Jacksonville, the Fighting Shrimp, are 26 and 24 and a half games out of first place. The Gwinnett Stripers are 22 and 25, nine games out of first place. The Norfolk Tides are out of the cellar. They are now 20 and 25. They're winners of their last three, 10 games out of first place. The Charlotte Knights are 18 and 28, 12 and a half games out of first place. And the Memphis Redbirds are 18 and 30, 13 and a half games out of first place. And that is the look at the International League standings. The Mud Hens, like I said, welcome in the Columbus Clippers for a big six-game homestand. They will play Columbus for six. They will play Columbus for six. And then looking at the schedule for the Mud Hens, they'll play Columbus for six. And let's see here really quickly, doing this on the fly. Right here they'll play Columbus for six. Then they'll head to Iowa who is the top spot of the team right now in division. They will play the they will play the Omaha excuse me the Omaha Storm Chasers for six straight before they return home to battle the in the month of July here. Before they come back home on the thirteenth of July, thirteenth through the eighteenth as they take on the Iowa Cubs before they will go back on the road for six straight against Indianapolis. They end the month of July with big games against the Iowa, the Omaha Storm Chasers. So looking forward to seeing Iowa and Omaha at fifth third field. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. By the way, 419-725-HENS or MudHens.com. And uh, our trivia question tonight is a Mud Hen trivia question for you tonight, of course. We know, we do know that Mud Hen, the fifth third field is a home run hitter's paradise, of course. But can you tell me the one player that hit a home run over the scoreboard 
I'll give you a year. It is 2002. Name the mud hen that hit a home run over the fifth third field scoreboard in the inaugural year of fifth third field in 2002. Give you a hint, you know, he is a non-current player right now. So there is your guess. There is your guess. Send me the tweet. It is at all Andy Alford. It is at all Andy Alford. You'll be playing for pride, not a prize today. As you're listening to all Andy Alford on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in. And now, let's hit the ice. A huge game tonight. Game one of the Stanley Cup Final. So tonight, of course, we have finally come to the final two teams to represent the National Hockey League, and that is going to be out of the another one semifinal winner is the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal running the course, beating Toronto in seven games, sweeping the Winnipeg Jets, and taking out yeah, sweeping the Winnipeg Jet. Yeah, sweeping the Winnipeg Jets and beating the Vegas Golden Knights four games to two, which leads us to the Stanley Cup final that starts tonight at eight o'clock. And I, I, I'm very, very happy to see Montreal getting into the Cup final. It's been forever since Montreal was in. Back in 1993 was the last time Montreal was in the Stanley Cup final and won the Stanley Cup. So it's good to see. Montreal on the winning page. On the other side of the bracket, another semifinalist is the defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay beating up on the Florida Panthers, winning their series four games to two. In round two, they defeated the Carolina Hurricanes four games to one. And then they defeated the New York Islanders, who I had the feeling I, I would like to see the Islanders do well. And I wanted to see the Islanders go in and make that be a true East Coast Stanley Cup final and see the Coliseum get packed again. But unfortunately, in Game 7, the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the New York Islanders one to nothing, as the Islanders fell in the series four games to three to the Lightning. So now it sets up as the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Montreal Canadiens. And it starts with Game 1 tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern, on NBCSN as well as on CBC. It is Game 1 in Tampa. Game 2 is in Tampa. Game 3 heads north of the border Friday, July 2nd as they take uh, as they go to Montreal to battle the Montreal battles at home against Tampa in Game 3. Game 4 will be Monday, July 5th against the, as Montreal hosts the Lightning Game six, if game five, if necessary, will be Wednesday, July seventh, at Tampa Bay. Game six is back at the Bell Center in Montreal for Game six, and Game seven, if necessary, will be in Tampa, July eleventh, at seven o'clock a Sunday on NBC. Games three, uh, excuse me, games three through seven will be, if necessary, for seven, for five, six, or seven will be on NBC. Games 1 and 2 will be on NBCSN. All games will be on CBC Sports. And, you know, I, I like Montreal. I like Cole Caulfield. He is probably one of the best players out there, of course. 
in this young this young kid's career. I also like Josh Anderson. I liked him when he was with the Blue Jackets. Uh, he got traded for the Max Domi deal. Uh, you know, I think you're looking at the return now. I think it's it's all panning out. Carey Price in the pipes. You know, this might be Carey's last chance to go around for this. Um, and I don't like Tampa. I really don't. Tampa is one of those teams that is dirty in some aspects of their play. I like Stevens. I like Stamkos a little bit. He's a good player, but Victor Hedman's a joke. I, the only player I do like on Tampa is David Savard because he used to be a Blue Jacket. He got traded in the deal at the deadline, and um, he's a good guy. He really is. He's one of the clean players. I do like Derek Lalone. He is the assistant coach to John Cooper. I think he would be a, he would have been a great choice for the Blue Jackets in their job. But you know, we get to Brad Larson's here in just a second. Um, but if my prediction is correct i think that it will be montreal winning this game in six game six games and lifting the stanley cup in the bell center and getting canada their first stanley cup win i like what john cooper said today in the press and the in the media coverage that he would like to see the bell center be at 100 percent capacity that's not going to happen with the canadian government right now in the quebec quebec providence not getting fully vaccinated but i would like to see that building get full get that building packed and um, being a competitive series, I really do. I hope it's a competitive series. I hope it's not a four-game sweep for Tampa or 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 four-game sweep for Montreal. I like to see this go. I I see Montreal in six. I think it's a good series. I think Montreal gets the job done. I think they win game two in Tampa. Win two games. Win their two games in. Montreal, and then get the job, and then fall in Game Five and finish the job in Game Six. I think that's how it happens. Montreal in six at the Bell Center, lifting the Stanley Cup. So there's that for you right there. As that's my prediction for the Stanley Cup final. Now let's get to why everybody wants to listen to me. All the jobs, all the coaches out there, and you pick Brad Larson's. Now I trust Larson. He's been with the organization forever. He was with John Tortorella for the longest period of time. And I do like him. I do like him. I like the acquisition that he has made with Pascal Vincent, the former coach of the Manitoba Moose, who also used to coach the Columbus-born player, Jack Roselvick. I like it. I like that move. I like that pickup. It's now about the culture, and now we have to build a culture with him. I don't see us building a culture with him. I really, really don't. I see him being a two-year, three-year job, man. And then us, the fans, clamoring for a better coach. Gerlant is gone. He's in New York now. We can make that exception. So who's out there? Who would be out there to coach this team? But we're going to give we're going to give Larson a chance. I will give him I will give him two seasons. I will give him two seasons. And it's all about ownership. Davidson's got to be better and recruit players to come to this Columbus to play. Kekalainen's got to be better as a general manager and he's got to step up to the plate and keep players. And the first player they need to get get signed is Nick Felino. They need to bring Nick Felino back to the Jackets. Plain and simple. He has to retire as a jacket. It, it has to happen. This guy bleeds blue-collar hockey. 
and the jackets, uh, if they want to build the out of our blue, we rise kind of thing, that's a blue collar kind of thing. So, in my opinion, get Nick Foligno signed today. Get it done. Do you make him the automatic captain? No. You give that you give that option to Cam Atkinson. Because Cam's here, for real. Not like Seth Jones, who wants to pack his bags and head out. And there's talks of him getting traded. I'll throw this little tidbit out to you. Jack Eichel wants out of Buffalo. Jackets have three first-round picks. Buffalo's got four. Buffalo wants to build. We want to reload. Jones, a draft pick for Eichel. I like that. I like that a lot. Get rid of Line A. Send him down to Florida. That's where he wants to go. He wants down to go down to Pan- Florida. Florida wants him. Send him. He wasn't doing anything for us here. Get rid of him. Cuts payroll right there. That's number two. Number three. The situation with Seattle. With the expansion draft coming, we can't keep players. And there's talks of it. Of Corpusala leaving, as well as Kavlenix leaving. Kavlenix, I could see. I could see Corpy getting deal dealt with too. But you got to build for the future, and that's why you keep Elvis Merzlinkins. That's plain and simple. You, you put the restricted tag on him. And the sad thing is that I'm hearing is that Zach Borinsky wants out of Columbus. If Jones leaves, Wierenski's gone. Where's the defense? We got to look to Cleveland for the defense. Give me a break. So, But the Jackets have a top five draft pick. We have three first-round picks this season thanks to the acquisitions of the playoffs with the Jackets, with the Leafs being knocked out. And then Savard staying in and going to the cup final. And then line A, the line A deal. It's all panning out. Three first round picks, a top five. Number five pick overall in the first round. Like it. Like it a lot. Team's going in the right direction. Can they continue? We'll see. After all, all I want to do is light the lamp for some chili. It's the shirt I'm wearing right now. So, yeah. So, I have Montreal in six. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, news and notes around the NHL really quickly. The Lightning are the under... The Canadians are the underdog in this series, of course. Uh, but the sad news is that Joel Armia is in the NHL... COVID-19 protocol, and he will be out for game one of the Stanley Cup final Um, in that one for you too. There's talks that Marc-Andre Fleury wants to end his career with the Golden Knights, and it sounds like Robin Leonard is going to stay with the Golden Knights as well. 
as uh, the NHL awards are going to be televised on June 29th, which is this Tuesday, as it will be a 30-minute program to view the winners of the top of the five remaining regular season trophies. Of course, we're talking about the Calder, the Hart, the Jack Norris, the Ted Lindsay, and the Vesna trophy as well. The Art Ross was named by Con was Connor McDavid. The Bill Masterson trophy is Oscar Limbaugh. Uh, the Selkie trophy is Alexander Barkov from Florida. Uh, the the Jim Glor um, Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year award goes to Lou Lamoretto from the Islanders. Jack Adams goes to Rob Brendamore from the Hurricanes. Lady Bean goes to Jacob Salvin from Carolina. The Mark Messier least uh, Leadership Trophy goes to Patrice Bergeron from Boston. The Rocket Richard Trophy goes to Austin Matthews. The Jennings Trophy goes to Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. And the Willie O'Ree Community Award goes to Kevin Hodges for his work as well. As you're listening to all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. As we are now going to head to the links and talk a little golf right here on All Andy Elford. As your exclusive home for the coverage of the Marathon Classic, as we will give you full in-depth coverage of the Marathon Classic, I thought maybe we would wet our whistles a little bit as it was the big tournament, one of the three of the five major tournaments in the women's golf game, yes, I'm talking about the KMP Women's PGA Championship that took place this past weekend at Johns Creek in Georgia on the outskirts of Atlanta as it was Nellie Cordra winning the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. She shot 19 over for the tournament for, for the overall final round. It was Salas finishing 16 under. Ho Joe Kim finishing 10 under par. Uh, Malero getting also 10 under par as well. Danielle Kang finishing 8 under par. Uh, Talvaskin finishing 8 under par. Austin Ernst finishing 7 under par. Bautier finishing 7 under par. Yang finishing 6 under par. Clatton finishing 6 under par. Lind finishing 6 under par. Uh, Seyoung Kim 5 under par as well. Uh, looking at some of the other new players to take a look at of course you have uh, Brooke Henderson finishing three under par tie for 21st uh, Lee Sharp finishing two under par as well uh, Lee Lee finishing one under par Nor Hormquist finishing one under par uh, let's see let's see here Brittany Lang finishing one over par tie for 40th uh, Michelle Wee West finishing two over par, tied for 46. Alexi Thompson finishing 52nd overall, three over par. Uh, Carol Maslin, four over par, tied for 56. Uh, Jennifer Cupcho, five over par, tied for 58. Anna Norquist, five over par, tied for 58. Under uh, O, six over par. Um, let's see here. The players that missed the cut, of course, to talk about. Cheyenne Knight misses the cut. Uh, Stacy Lewis missed the cut as well. And uh, Dua Solapora misses the cut as well. 
Seagal misses the cut as well. And um, that's pretty much it. But yeah, um, Nelly Cora winning it overall. Night shooting 19 under par for the tournament. She wins the purse of spread out between $4.5 million. And they played at Atlanta Athletic Club at the Highlands Course at Johns Creek in Georgia. So Cora won last week. She wins again this week. She's on a two-winning streak run. It's good to see that. Uh, the next event for the P for the LPGA is the Volunteers of America Classic, which is this upcoming week in the colony of Texas. The purse is $1.5 million. And then, of course, starting July 5th through, excuse me, starting July 8th through the 11th is the Marathon Classic presented by Dana. And then the following week is the Dow Great Lakes Invitational, which takes place up in Bay City. So they're going to be close by if you want to check out the LPGA. And then, of course, like I said, September 4th through the 6th is the Solheim Cup. So that was, so that is your LPGA news and notes presented by presented by the Marathon Classic that's happening at Highland Meadows Golf Course in Sylvania, Ohio. Visit MarathonClassic.com for ticket information as well as tournament info as well. Speaking of which, we'll dive more into the golf game. And how about if if, if you didn't have a good chance last yesterday afternoon after I got after I got done watching the Reds. Uh, lose to Atlanta. I watched the end of the Travelers Championship, and I tell you, this kid, uh, Kramer Hickok, uh, Hick Oak, this kid is amazing. He is, I think, a future player in this in the PGA. I really, really do. And he was on the he was used to be the caddy of Jordan Spieth. Back in 2011, now he is a golf golf pro, and he was looking for his first win. But of course, it was all done by Harris English at the 18th hole, and they the two played in a sudden death playoff for eight straight holes, eight straight holes, tying the record set in the PGA for eight straight playoff straight holes. Both players hit pars. At the end, it was it was English making the birdie putt on 18 on the on the fifth time that they played 18, and he wins 1.3 million dollars, and he wins the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. Kramer, Hickoke, Hickoke, 13 under par. He may, he wins 106.6 thousand dollars. In his in his tie for first place. If you look at overall English, his four rounds of 67, 68, 67, 65. Uh, Brooks Kepka finishes in tie for fifth. He was 10 under par, 69, 67, 69, 65. Uh, Jason Day nine under par. Some these are some of the new players that some of the top players nine under par, 69, 62, 70, 70 or 271. Adam Scott, 8 under par, 69, 69, 67, and 67. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau finishes 7 under par, 69, 66, 68, and 70. In his run, Bubba Watson, 7 under par, 66, 66, 68, and 73. 
Dustin Johnson, six under par, 70, 68, 65, 71. And looking at it some more here. Du, 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 du. Justin Rose, four under par, 70, 63, 74, and 69. Ian Poulter, four under par, 68, 66, 70, 72. Um, and Phil Mickelson, tie for 61st, one under par, 69, 69, 72, and 69. So there is some of the top players, of course, that finished out their weekend with the Travelers Championship. They now head to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which is at the Detroit Golf Club. Tickets for that are still available, and Bryson DeChambeau is the defending champion for that one. The tournament starts on July 1st, and it will go through the 4th of July weekend. So there is that for you guys right here on All ADL for your little bit of your golf coverage, of course, with the big Marathon Classic starting not this week, but next week. Right here on All Indie Alfred, we'll have the full coverage for you right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple Music, iTunes, with iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Bleaker Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, we'll have the coverage for you right here for the Marathon Classic right here on All Indie Alfred. So that's the golf coverage right here. And now we break into our final segment of the night, which is the Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants, and um, it's not more of a rant, but I would like to make mention of this too. Um, happening right now in the East Coast Hockey League, they're still playing in their in their Stanley Cup final, which is called the Kelly Cup final. They are it is the East Division champion, which is the South Carolina Stingrays, who a lot of the blue a lot of walleye fans would know. Uh, gave the fits to the to the walleye many and many years ago. They are playing the Fort Wayne Comets, who are the Western Conference champions. They're playing them in the best of five series. The series started uh, last night in South Carolina. And by the way, they're playing the series, the South Carolina series. They're playing that in a building that's similar to what Tamil Shanner is because they couldn't get the facility to host games in South Carolina. So they're playing two games in South Carolina and then they're playing one game at the at the Memor- at the in Fort Wayne at the Memorial Coliseum. Uh I think it's full capacity again. There don't quote me on that, but if you want to get a chance to see some ECHL hockey, get it get over to Fort Wayne. It's about a 45 minutes about an hour and a half drive on US 24. Take it. Go see it. Uh, former walleye player AJ Jenks. You've got uh, Gazola and a couple other players there, and you also have players from South Carolina that are walleye watchers as well, that are over there as well. Um, looking at it uh, for the Kelly Cup final uh, last night for Game One of the Kelly Cup final in South Carolina, it was it was the. Her, the Stingrays with a big 4-2 win over South Carolina in the series. And the series is now even at one game apiece. As on Friday night was game one of the series and the Comets beating up on the Stingrays by a score of 7-2. to two. So now it goes back to the Coliseum. Game three of that series is Wednesday night, 7-30 at the Memorial Coliseum, and then they will play again on Friday, July 2nd at the Memorial Coliseum 
between the two teams before the pivotal game five, which will be at the Memorial Coliseum on Saturday, July 3rd, which will be, like I said, it's the best of five series. The winner gets the Kelly Cup. So that, and then when that ends, we will get back into our regularly scheduled ECHL season. So I'm looking forward to that, of course, as we all have a full week of shows this week. Of course, like I mentioned before, if you heard the promo beforehand, we have our show tonight, our regular show, recapping the week that was. And, uh, again, I thank you for your understanding for having uh, – we had technical problems the week before. Then we took our vacation, of course. We're back on the air with you guys on Thursday to uh, recap the Tiger and Indian series as well as celebrate, uh, recap a little bit about the Mud Hens playing Columbus as well as celebrating Canada Day, Canada's independence to Great Britain. We'll talk about that a little bit on the podcast as well as dive into the Stanley Cup Finals. And hopefully maybe we'll have ourselves the Kelly Cup Championship winner as well. And then Friday we'll preview the 4th of July weekend for our big 4th of July spectacular show, which will lead into our Marathon Classic coverage. We'll, just, we'll start next Tuesday right here on All Andy Elford. So there is that for you tonight. We're close tonight's show with Andy Rant, and it's not much of a rant tonight. It is a recommendation for you guys tonight. And um, as many of you know, I'm a big snob of uh, roller coasters, and I love our home park of Cedar Point. And this past weekend was the kickoff to the 150th anniversary celebration. And they kicked it all off with a parade. And let me tell you, folks, they are running this parade for 50-some-odd days for the 150th celebration. Go see it. This is awesome. This parade blows it out, blows out of the water. It feels like we're back to normal, even though this virus is still going on. We were at 50, last check was 53 point, no, not 53, but 55.6% of, of Americans are fully vaccinated. But of the 18 and over group, it's about 69.5. That's good to see, but we need to have everybody past 60 percent fully vaccinated before we can honestly a lot of us can take off our mask and feel safe i look at it as diving off a little off topic here um i look at it as we're still failing we're in the 50s we need to get to 60 percent, which is a d grade before i could say all right we can take the mask off we can relax and even with the state of ohio 49.7 percent of the Alts are fully vaccinated. We need to get that number up to 50%. We need to get back up to that. And if you're not fully vaccinated, then please go out and get vaccinated. You know, we want to get back to more full stadiums when it comes to fall, fall athletics, when it comes to Ohio State, Michigan, Bowling Green, University of Toledo football games. We want to get to full capacity for, for walleye games and Winterfest as well as maybe possibly a wall, uh, mud hen playoff run. We want to get there for full capa- more full capacity when it comes to Cedar Point and us well as well as Cedar Point Shores. So all we have to do is get vaccinated. Get vaccinated, Ohio. We need, we need to get this done. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But going back to Cedar Point, speaking of that, they're celebrating their 150th anniversary. And I... It just... The parade was just absolutely amazing. It blew me out of the way. It's 50 out of 100, uh, 50 out of 10 of how great this parade was. 
It really was. And it brought like the history of Cedar Point to the main midway. It happens every night around 8.45. And get there early. Get a good spot. I recommend a few spots. One right by the arcade. And the other one is right there at the Brick Walk. And uh, they shoot streamers, fireworks, everything like that. It's it, it's totally worth it. Totally, totally, totally worth it. Go to the park. Get to the point. Get an opportunity to go to the park. It is totally worth it. Uh, they've got great rides. They've got great food. Great entertainment. Um, you know, and a lot of people, I, I talk to a lot of people when I'm at the park. Some people enjoy going to the park just to ride the roller coasters, but for me, I like looking at the people. I like people watching, as well as like taking it all in. You know, you know, it's our version of the Jersey Boardwalk, our version of the Jersey Shore. So, what are you waiting for? It's a place like no other. That's Cedar Point. So you got to get to the point, my friends. Plain simple. That's going to wrap it up for All Indie for tonight. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. Because we do shows every week right here on All Indie Offer. Until I talk to you on Thursday for Canada Day, this is Andy Offer saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Go walleye, and I guess I don't have a team to root for in the ECHL finals. And go Canadians. Let's go, let's go Tigers, and let's go Tribe, but let's go Reds, and let's go Hens. At BGSU. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you on Thursday for Canada Day, right here on All Andy Alfred. Love you. Talk to you guys then.